Welcome to another jam-packed episode of Triggered Wrestling. I'm Brian here with my usual host, Adrian. We're going to be talking about the fallout from AEW's Russell Dream. The 14 matches, as I predicted, after having a nine-match card, now back to 14. As well as NXT's No Mercy. Will Mercy be shown on AEW and the Wrestling Universe? Stay here for more on Triggered Wrestling. Triggered Wrestling is so awesome. All the way around. That gets me triggered. Ooh, okay, well, let's go with the bad trigger right now. See, I'm a, I'm a fan of all of it. We'll force you to watch Trigger Wrestling. What's up, Adrian? Not much, man. I'm getting ready to uh, watch WWE Raw. This fucking card of NXT was dope. Wrestling Dream amazing as well. Debuts, man. A lot of debuts coming up. I'm excited, man. Yeah, that was debut worthy here but let's jump into it let's start into wwe nxt which what i think was the better show in my opinion just because i didn't have to sit through fucking 14 matches so we started off in the pre-show if you want to get into that i mean we kind of got into it we predicted it so blair davenport versus kalani jordan blair davenport wins with the falcon arrow uh after the match gg Dolan attacks dav uh attacks davenport and beats her down we both guessed this one correct, correct, Adrian? Yes, we did. All right. So uh, the show does open with an interesting package based off of WWF No Mercy from the Nintendo 64. And I loved that reference. I don't know if you caught that, Adrian. I think I was grabbing a snack or two, so I wasn't really... Bruh. Bruh, I, w- I wanted to get my snacks, getting ready to watch the PLE, bro. I wanted to get adjusted. I want to get my beverages ready. I missed it, man. I'm sorry. This guy. Well, the show started off with a banger match, Baron Corbin versus Braun Breaker. This was a good match. A lot of people would have assumed that Braun Breaker was going to get the rub here. But considering how he is moving up to the main roster at some point, Baron Corbin gets the win here. Adrian, anything you want to say about this match? This was a great match. I mean, what would thought? Baron Corbin, all he had to do was just go back to developmental to be relevant again. Jesus. I didn't know that. Uh, apparently, he came out looking like the Undertaker from Wish. <laughs> he was riding a chopper. A chopper. And then uh, for a second, Braun Breaker, I thought I was like, wait. Sammy Guevara comes out with a panda on his head. Why is there a wolf? And I'm like, oh, shit, it's not, it's not Sammy. <laughs> it was a dog, bro. It wasn't a wolf. Oh, it's like the big dog. <laughs> the big dog. Yeah, man. Uh, you got that one right. Yeah. I got it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert. I actually end up winning on NXT here. And it all comes down here. Kind of towards, essentially, this match is the only one that we guessed differently. Except maybe the Noam Dar one. I don't remember. But either way, moving on. The main event is what I would like to call this next match. Dominic Mysterio versus Trick Williams. Trick Williams taking over Mustafa Ali's spot in this impromptu match. We do see Trick Williams becoming the new NXT North American champion. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to see some uh, some fireworks here on Monday Night Raw that, uh, you know, maybe Ray Ripley and the rest of Judgment Day are not going to be too happy that our boy Dominic Mysterio lost here. Yeah, man. Uh, kind of let down. Um, Trick who? Williams came out victorious. And it kind of sucks for Mustafa Ali because the man cannot catch a break. Uh, maybe he must have rubbed somebody the wrong way over there in WWE. But, man, the man cannot catch a break. He was due to win this North American title. And they released him. 
days before the PLE. Damn, I just hope he's doing okay. He'll find a job in no time. The man has a talent. He has a fan base. We both got this one wrong. Yeah, we did. I did not see Trick Williams winning this one. But either way, this would be now the second time that Mustafa Ali loses out on a golden opportunity. Of course, uh, he was on an amazing run in the Elimination Chamber. Got injured before Elimination Chamber. And that's actually what started Kofi Mania and led Kofi Kingston to end up winning the World Heavyweight title. Also, too, uh, Mustafa Ali had his hands on the Money in the Bank briefcase. And you remember whose music hit as Mustafa Ali was going to pull that briefcase down? None other than the future of the business. The Beast Brock <laughs> Lesnar. And now this is the third time, bro. This man cannot catch a break. It seems like something happens every time. It's his time to come up. Yep. But yep. uh, poor guy, man. Moving on. For the NXT Tag Team Championship, we get Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, no longer the Lotharios, versus the Creed Brothers, the D'Angelo family, and out the mud, Bronco Nima and Lucian Price. This was a good tag match. They had a uh, corner superplex spot, which I thoroughly enjoyed. The D'Angelo family wins via pinfall with the double back suplex on Lucian Price. Adrian, what are your thoughts on this match? <laughs> this was a great tag team match. Pretty much what I like in tag team matches. Chaos all over the place. Spots. The spot spot fest. <laughs> I'd say I like those type of spots, man. But what are the Lothario's new name? Do you know? I am not too sure, no. I just kept calling them the Lotharios. A lot of people were saying the, the bad dogs. The American Wolves, bro. The American Wolves? Really? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, the American <laughs> Wolves is from Impact, right? Uh, from yeah. Eddie, what is it, Eddie Edwards, right? Or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they have the same fucking scar tattoo. Is that a real tattoo that they both got? I have no idea, to be honest. Bro, I'm going to do some Google research right now. But yeah, man, great match. Um, You know, I thought the Lotharios were going to come out on top. But yeah, the family, you're right. They, they were going to win. Yeah, I'm glad they won. And they're still retaining. And they're a great tag team. I will say that I liked that OTM out the mud come out with like that Grand Theft Auto themed background slash name tag. I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, that was cool. Moving on, we get this weird British rules match between Noam Dar and, and Butch. I'm just going to skip it because I don't really understand the rules here. And I'm sure this is some carryover from NXT UK or something they do in the UK, which I do not particularly am, am fond of. Noam Dar wins the third fall by pinfall with a lateral press going two to one and retain the NXT Heritage Cup. Adrian, you got anything to say here? No, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming we have to watch NXT UK to understand the rules, but NXT UK is dead, bro. Yeah. So I'm like, how are we supposed to understand it now? But what? Whatever. It was a great match. You both got... Well, you got it right. I got it wrong. Butch, again... I thought he was going to get thrown a bone this time. You know, he is a jobber in the main roster. He went back down to developmental to bring his A game. But apparently, his game is not at 100% yet. So, who knows, man? Moving on, we get Ilya Dragunov challenging Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. And these guys put on a slugfest. One of the great matches in NXT. Ilya Dragunov wins with the diving forearm, becoming the new NXT champion. Adrian, is this a call-up for Carmelo Hayes coming up? Or what's going on? Like I said it on the review episode, it has to be. Whoever loses this match has to get a call-up. Has to be. But there was a little teaser at the end of this PLE, so I don't know. Now I have mixed feelings, you know, because Carmelo Hayes, he did put on a banger of a match. So did Ildra Dragunov. 
Hopefully, one of them goes up to the main roster. Maybe Dragon Out relinquishes the title and goes to the main roster. Or Carmelo Hayes just goes to the main roster. But we'll talk on that teaser later on. Yep. So then we get a hype reel for the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. And I actually really do like these breakout tournaments. That's how we were introduced to Carmelo Hayes, to Tiffany Stratton. So we'll see what comes with this year's uh, breakout tournament. Tegan Knox is ringside for the next match. We get Becky Lynch, the NXT Women's Champion, defending against Tiffany Stratton. This is the Extreme Rules match. Tiffany Stratton comes out with her usual gear. Becky Lynch comes out like she's ready to kick some ass. She's got different outfit on. She comes out with uh, the Raven gimmick where she's got a shopping cart of just random shit to lay the beat down. We get to see some kendo stick spots. She puts a helmet on her head and tries to headbutt Tiffany Stratton. Then the helmet comes off. There's a lot of things going on this match. We get to see Becky Lynch get cut up, but she ends up winning with the manhandle slam on top of chairs, retaining the NXT Women's Championship. Adrian, what do you got to say about this? This was a great match, man, especially like when yeah, Kai, you were saying when she came out and then she went to the back and I immediately thought I was like, oh, Becky's going to get some weapons. She's going to get some weapons. And she did. And I liked it, man. You know, she had the candlesticks, the shopping cart. I did see when uh, Becky Lynch put Tiffany Stratton on that shopping cart. Tiffany Stratton's head of the head hit that um that little thing where you pull, where you pull your kids in. The little seat? The, the kid's seat? Yeah, the little seat. She hit the back of her head. Hopefully she's okay. I know she's busted open. She got busted open later in the match. And then even today, I think some pictures got released. She's bruised up all over the face. Um, there were some Barbies in there. I don't know why. I mean, apparently that's entertainment for some people. Bro, in AEW, they use Lego bricks. It's not it's the same. But to be honest, though, those Lego bricks. Lego bricks hurt. <laughs> they're devastating as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but it was a great match. It was a banger of a match. It put the women's division on the map, I guess. And, and I got a question for you. I know we sometimes like to say, oh, why are we getting these uh, hardcore matches with women involved? And this is the second time Becky has had a banger of a match and a gimmick match. Do you know why these women are getting all the praise that they're getting when they do these type of matches? Because they're fucking good, bro. These are good women's hardcore matches. And... They're done correctly. And... And they have to go the extra mile in order to get liked by the male audience. The male audience likes violence. So the fact that these women are putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment, I mean, that's all I can say. I'm like, you guys are doing everything you guys can for our entertainment because, let's face it, uh, now that I love male fans like to watch women wrestling unless ass is out or something. But, you know, they're putting asses in seats and fans love these type of matches. Yeah, this show definitely had a mark on wrestling here. It was competing against AEW's Collision, where they announced like five matches, and they pretty much took all the audience. I want to say the average Collision was like 300,000 viewers caught Collision, you know, and that's that's about, let's see, like half of the audience flipped over to watch NXT. So that's saying something like these. Personally, I like Becky Lynch in developmental. It is bringing some different eyes to the NXT product that people usually would not want to see. Similar with Dominic Mysterio. I mean, they're bringing a lot of viewers to NXT that weren't there before. And even Trick Williams, dude, I know I know that you are like, who? Who's that? I mean, if you watch NXT, he's like the Kevin Nash to Carmelo Hayes' Shawn Michaels. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just completely butchered your question. Going back to your question, women's wrestling is good, especially when it's in WWE. At least to me, I prefer it that way in AEW. When they do get the time, it just seems like an afterthought. 
Yep, that's fine. But let's uh, stick to the topic here because let's face it. The WWE audience is not really tuning in to women's matches unless they're gimmick matches like these. Like the cage match with Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. The fans hated the build-up, the feud, everything. And then all of a sudden they loved it. Same with uh, these little, little Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch. They didn't really pay attention to it until it was announced it was a street fight and the fans tuned in. I mean, I know there's some Mark podcasters out there that don't like violence and stuff like this, but when it comes to women, they put on a great show. I mean, we've seen plenty of other women who have exceeded our expectation in hardcore matches like this. And I like it. I just, you know, I like women's wrestling. I know a lot of fans don't, so... You know, I'm just saying, like, they don't really have to do this all the time to get the male attention. If fans would just watch and just pay the same attention they do to men's matches, the women pretty much wouldn't have to do all this in order to get liked by the male audience. I mean, to be fair, I would have rather seen this match even in a, be a regular singles match compared to a lot of matches. So they did a good build up on this one. But either way, moving on, the show ends up with Trick Williams holding his NXT North American Championship when Carmelo Hayes comes in. Hayes apologizes for not getting it done, uh, and Trick says there's nothing to be ashamed about. He fought like a champion, and they embrace, but is this going to cause some jealousy here? Of course, like I mentioned, Trick Williams is like diesel to, to Shawn Michaels, essentially, right? So we'll see where this goes on the couple following weeks on NXT. Yeah, so th- would this mean that uh, Carmelo Hayes has his eyes set on the North American Championship? Because he does have a rematch clause, right? So why would he go after a mid-card title? I have no fucking idea. I could, it could just be jealousy that he doesn't have his title anymore, but this guy does. And this guy was literally not even anywhere near the picture of that title. Well, he can ask for his rematch back unless he's like, nah, man, this dude is way too strong for me. I can't. I'm going to wait seven years <laughs> to come back and challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man. So moving on here. So if you guys like what we do, please go ahead and like this video here. We do it for you guys. Follow us on El Facebook too and get in on all of the action, the conversation with everybody. So do that for us, please. Adrian. We're going to skip through a lot of these AEW Russell Dream pre-show matches. I'm just going to run through them down really quick if that is okay with I'm you. I'm absolutely fine because, um, yeah. These motherfuckers were long, bro. Like, I, when we did our preview show, I'm like, this is exactly what happened last week. They started off with nine and they added as the show came along. So let's start off with the eight-person mixed tag team match. We had Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, and Satoshi Kojima defeating Shane Taylor Promotions, which is Lee Moriarty and Shane Taylor, Diamante, and Mercedes Martinez. Then the second pre-show match, which was Claudio Castanoli defeating Josh Barnett via pinfall. And then we had Luchasaurus defeating Nick Wayne. And then we had the fourth pre-show match, which is Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed defeating TMDK, which is Bad Dude, Tito, and Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols by pinfall. And that was for the AEW World Trios Championship. And I know I just named four names, but I honestly do not remember of those four names who was who. Me neither. I'm not too familiar with TMDK. So, you know, I was there just for the acclaim. These new faces, sometimes they, um, they're they part of Zack Zerbridge Jr.'s crew. In New Japan, right? I mean, yeah. I just, I, there's so much wrestling going on that it's hard to keep up with everybody. And I just don't know who exactly was who. I recognized one of the guys who was from TM61 back in NXT. And I want to say that is Shane Haste, but I don't have no idea who is who on the other three yeah me neither anyways but i do want to say this so luchasaurus beats nick wayne that is key going on in the future here later on in this episode but let's start off with mjf 
fighting off the righteous in a two-on-one handicap for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. Adrian, you want to talk about the match? Yes, man. There was uh, a lot of sus. A lot of sus spots from MJF, man. He's uh, He had a handful of balls at one point. I mean, and at some point, he even tried to uh, go to the corner and try to attack an uh, imaginary tag team partner because we know Adam Cole's not there. He's rehabbing his ankle. I believe he broke some bones there. It was a good match. It wasn't your, I would say, your typical MJF match. It was a handicap. But MJF came out victorious. He had won by pinfall. And you predicted that right. I predicted it wrong. Yeah. And it's sad because uh, they built up the Righteous very quickly in two weeks. And now they've essentially got squashed by MJF. And it wasn't technically a squash, but I mean, it's a two-on-one handicap match. And you lose to a single star. The world champion. The world champion, bro. He's not even a good tag team wrestler. He's not even experienced as a tag team wrestler. But either way, they lose. MJ gets his kangaroo kick in. He uh, puts somebody's face up his ass, right? Some shit like that. Puts somebody's face in Some like that, yeah. Ass. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on, we get Eddie Kingston defending the Ring of Honor World Championship and the Strong Openweight Championship against Katsuyori Shibata. There was no way Eddie Kingston was going to lose this match, considering he just won the title. And of course, he wins here. Adrian, what do you think about this 11-minute match? It was a great match. It was a hard-hitting match. Shibata can still go. He does still have the Ring of Honor Pure title on his waist. Um, So we might see these two uh, running back later in the future. And I'll be excited for that because, you know, Eddie Kingston has a fan base. A lot of people love him. No crowd knows added when he comes out. The crowd love him. It's all real. It's genuine. Um, No need to uh, pipe in the crowd noise. Yeah, he's shaped just like the fans. Huh? He's shaped just like the fans, bro. Shaped? He's shaped like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't get that my bad. Um, but yeah, it was a great match. I'm sure there's going to be a rematch, so I'll be tuning in for that one as well. Next, we have a disappointing match for me. We get the AEW TBS Championship. We get Chris Statlander defeating Julia Hart via pinfall. And uh, they built up Julia Hart with an amazing 29-0 record here to go ahead and try to beat Chris Statlander. She loses and... I hope they build her back. I hope they have a rematch. I hope something happens because Chris Statlander, regardless of how good of a wrestler she is, to me, she just has no character right now. And you got to have some of that character work. And Julia Hart had it in abundance, but she loses here. So, Adrian, do your best, Tony Khan. And where do you think is next for Chris Statlander? I don't know what's next for Chris Statlander, but as I was watching the match, the announcers were explaining everything to me, so I'm paying attention. Julia Hart made her debut against Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander defeated her in a squash match, right? Then before she went on to this amazing run, Chris Statlander again defeated Julia Hart. Uh, so now, and in this match, Chris Statlander defeated Julia Hart again. So she's 3-0-3 and and against Chris Statlander. So most likely, they are going to run it back later in the future. And Julia Hart's redemption story is going to continue. And she's going to be built up again, you know. You get built up, you get brought down, and you get built up again. We've seen it done numerous times. My man Cody's going through that right now. Um, MJ did that for a while. I'm just going to tune in and see what's going on for the House of Black. I'm sure they're going to retain their trios championships as well. And Julia Hart, they're going to be the TBS champion or most likely challenge for the AEW Women's World Championship. But Julia Hart is a star in the making. And best believe your boy will be tuning in. I just feel like this had so many ways it could have gone if Julia Hart won. And I just feel like TK does this constantly where he just books himself into corners when you have literal ways to make things a lot more interesting with other characters. Julia Hart 
She could have been a champion, but at least not right now. Moving on, we get the four-way tag team match for a future AEW World Tag Team Championship match. I made fun of this match because there's a lot of champions here, a lot of future contenders for other titles. I said, you know what? The Guns, it's their time to fight FTR again because it's the only one that makes sense. But no, I was wrong. The Young Bucks end up winning this match. The Young Bucks, so Nick Jackson already has a title shot on Wednesday, but now he also has an AEW World title shot. Booker's broken their own matches. Adrian. Yep, I am disappointed as well. I had the guns winning this match. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Lucha Bros came out on top. Hell, I know they're not a tag team hook in Orange Cassidy, but yep, the Young Bucks, they just won the Ring of Honor Trios Championships at... It was like Collision or Rampage, I think. No, it was... Uh, at, they won them at Grand Slam, and I'm like, really? Then you have a title match, uh, Nick Jackson, for the All-Atlantic Championship, and now they have a title match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, but this is for a future title shot, and guess what? The match is not announced for the following week, so are they going to play the long game up for a future title shot? Most likely, but probably not. Probably in a month or two, maybe at full gear in Los Angeles at the Kia Forum. Is that where the Young Bucks are going to be the newly crowned AEW Tag Team Champions? Hopefully not. I'll leave that prediction for later on. I'm going to go with yes, that the Young Bucks win as payback for them losing at All In. Like, we just had that match, which was FTR Young Bucks 3, what, three weeks ago? Something like that? Four weeks ago? So now we're going to get them the fourth time. I think the Young Bucks win this one in the future. Moving on, we get Swerve Strickland getting the Selena Vega push against Hangman Adam Page. Adrian, I'm so excited that Swerve actually won a match. Yes, man. He knew he was a jobber. He knew his crew was also jobbing. So he went out and sought out Hangman Adam Page. And he said, he used to be a world champion. He used to be a tag team champion. Now you're nobody. Now you're pudgy. You haven't bought new gear in over a year, bruv. So what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna beat you in my own backyard and I'm gonna take your spot. Swerve spoketh and Swerve delivered. I love this match. I love this man. He is a future AEW World Champion. You heard her here first. Hangman Page, I don't think he liked the booze from the crowd, but the 12th man came at Climate Pledge Arena and they left happy with their man Swerve Strictly coming out victorious. At least to me, Hangman Adam Page's character, like you have to have some growth in your character and he just doesn't have it for me. Swerve Strickland, I mean, coming from being a tag team with fucking Keith Lee, he's doing good things now and hopefully they book him to win some more matches because that's what we need to see here. And then we're going to skip the next match. I don't want to talk about Wheeler Yuta, even though he does lose. (laughs) Yeah, this was, uh, to be honest, this was my snack break match. Uh, No disrespect to Ricky or Wheeler Yuta. Ricky Starks is an amazing wrestler. I love his character. Wheeler Yuta, whether you love him or hate him, he is an amazing wrestler. Um, His ground game is phenomenal. But after that Swerve Strickland hanging out in pitch, I was like, let me go get some snacks. Let me go get my refreshments. Let me go get a few beverages so I can go watch some more wrestling on a wrestling show. Because that's what we're here to do. Watch wrestling on a wrestling show. The fans who complain, I don't want to watch wrestling on a wrestling channel. I don't want to watch wrestling on a wrestling channel. I don't know why those fans are complaining, but your boy loves wrestling on a wrestling show. It was just too much wrestling, bro. Honestly, it was 14 fucking matches. Maybe we just need to stop watching the goddamn pre-show at this point. But uh, I would have rather watched some of those pre-show matches than this match. But uh, moving on, we get a seven-star banger of a match. We get Brian Danielson beating Zack Sabre Jr. And this match right here is going to be talked about for ages. 
and not even really for the match, mostly because of John Moxley's announcing during the match, his commentary. Bro, this match, only one show, one company in the United States of America can give you this banger of a match, this chain wrestling match, this grappling match, this mat match. When I first saw the stance of Zack Zaber Jr. and Brian Danielson, the match didn't even begun. I saw their stance. I already knew this match was going to be a banger. I already knew this match was going to be talked about for generations to come. We talked about the latter match between um, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. That match is still talked about to this day. To this day. And this match right here, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson will be a, a match that only some people can dream to have. A match that only some people can dream to watch live and in person. No other wrestling company in the world can deliver a match like Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. This match could have been invented. Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page could have been invented. Don Callis Family versus Jericho Omega and Ibushi could have been invented. No, that one could not have been invented. FTR versus Ozzy Open could have been invented. Darby Allen versus Christian Cade main invented. So you had one, two, three, four, five main event matches on a Wrestle Dream card. My man Tony Khan said, I'm going to give you the show of a lifetime and he fucking delivered. I love it. I will say what helped this match a lot was putting a completely different match right before and that was a snooze fest between Ricky Starks and Wheeler Yuta and that was the perfect positioning of a snack break match nay 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 a piss break match (laughs) to make this match seem a lot different moving on we get the Don Callis family beating Chris Jericho the golden elite and we called this one there's no other way that this match was going to end. The Don Callis family needs to be the top heels currently. They have Konosuke Takeshita, the Alpha. They have Sammy Guevara, aka Tony Montana. They got Will Ospreay, and they end up winning in 22 minutes and 35 seconds. Adrian, is Kodibushi and Kenny Omega going to end up breaking up at any point in time? Ooh, that I don't know, because Kota Ibushi is not a full-time AEW wrestler. I know they're teasing the Golden Lovers reuniting in AEW, but that's all up to Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, man. It's also up to the other EVPs, the Young Bugs, whether they want to put them over or not. So it's going to be a lot of uh, politicking coming to play. But most likely, if Tony Khan can work something out with Ibushi, we'll probably see the Golden Lovers back in AEW. They can have a lot of great matches with a lot of people, man. AEW literally has one of the best tag team divisions in all of wrestling today. No one can compare. They have real talent. They have real tag teams. I don't know, man. Just Golden Elite will just be another great tag team in the AEW tag team division. So we'll just see and find out, man. Speaking of great tag teams, we're going to see FTR defend the AEW World Tag Team Champions against the Young Bucks here pretty soon. So that kind of gave away earlier the result of this match. Of course, Aussie Open was never going to win, regardless of what AEW is trying to misdirect us with. They were never going to win. That tag team is the bun. I don't understand it. I don't understand what's so interesting about that team. But here they are losing to the FTR. Adrian, what do you got to say about this? Ozzy Open, every time they stepped onto the squared circle, I'm always impressed. I did not know who these two individuals were. I only knew Will Ospreay. And for the short time that they've been in front of my TV in AEW, i become a fan of them. The sky's the limit for them. They were the former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. These guys can literally be champions in the future. No doubt about it. Moving on, we got the 
main event here of the night. We got Christian Cage and Darby Allin in a two out of three falls for the AEW TNT Championship. The hot potato title gets the main event here. And once this match was announced as the main event, that goose was cooked. We knew who was going to be coming out. But before we get there, I just want to remind you guys all to subscribe to us and like this video. Please help us out our channel a lot. Yes, and we are Triggered Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We are Trig Wrestling on X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. So please follow, comment, and subscribe as well. We are close to reaching 2K followers on Facebook. So we're really excited about that. So please, if you are on Facebook, follow us, like us, like our page. Drop a comment too man like talking to the fans as well exactly so without further ado christian cage wins this match defeating darby allen two falls to one darby allen picks up the first fall christian cage follows up with two quick wins at the end but there's so many things that happened in this match we got to see some crazy fucking bumps by darby allen we got to see the whole ring torn apart we got to see betrayals debuts this match had it all, and let's start with the shocking betrayal of Nick Wayne on Darby Allin. I did not see this coming. Christian Cage is now a stepdad. Adrian, what are your thoughts? <laughs> to those fans out there who have been paying attention, they've been keeping eyes on Nick Wayne. The breadcrumbs have been laying there. AR Fox turned on Darby Allin and Nick Wayne. Boom. A.R. Fox and Swerve Strickland went to Nick Wayne's house and almost killed him in his own garage. Darby Allin forgave A.R. Fox. For almost killing Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne had enough. He was like, bro, no. These two people almost murdered me in my own home. And you're just going to forgive them? Nah, not me, son. So he turned on Darby Allen, And like I predicted too, my boy Christian Cage is out here trying to catch bodies. A lot of people were scared for Darby Allen's life. Um, I know Nick Wayne's mom was right there in ringside. I'm pretty sure Christian Cage was trying to give her a show. <laughs> but she was not happy about it. But yeah, the surprise that nobody saw coming. Nick Wayne turned on Darby Allen. Wow. Also, Sting made a return. And he also got jumped. And then we got to see the man of the hour. I may not be a big fan of Edge. Hey, 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 oh, bro. His whoa, name's whoa, the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Copeland. I may not be a huge fan of his work. But you cannot deny the resume the man brings to the table, brings to AEW TV. He came, he saw, he conquered, he left the company, he came to another company. Is this the new quote-unquote era Tony Khan was talking about? It's the rated R era. and But people are saying that <laughs> Adam Copeland is essentially just a replacement for CM Punk. And all the yeah. storylines that CM Punk was going to be involved in is going to be uh, Adam Copeland now. And, you know, am I excited that he is in AEW? No. I am not, but I'm happy that he's still wrestling, that he's still doing what he loves. Am I going to be extremely disappointed once we see a Hardys versus Edge and Christian TLC match when all these motherfuckers are 50 years old? You bet your ass I'm going to be so fucking upset that I have to see this match. Bro, I'm so fucking triggered. Bro, if with that match gets announced, I'm going to be so fucking triggered. Oh, uh, me because too. Because these are all wrestlers that debuted in WWF back in like 1998, which is yeah. damn near almost fucking 30 years. What, almost 20 years ago, right? At this point? No. So 24, because we're in 2003 already. Damn, you're right. God damn, bro. The math is probably off, guys. Yeah, I mean, 23 would be 2000. So two years. That's 25 years. Almost damn. three fucking decades ago. And these guys are young and up and comers in AEW, bro. But, <laughs> but, uh, 
the but, yeah. future of the business. <laughs> the, fu- the future of the business. No, but you know, and realistically, this brings a lot of eyes to AEW. If you take him out of this, we had a great story that didn't need him. Adding this kind of takes it away from Nick Wayne turning, seeing Sting back. But either way, we'll, we'll see where this goes on Wednesday here. Spoiler alert. Ticket sales were terrible here for AEW Stockton on Wednesday up until like a couple days ago. They had buy one, get one, $10 tickets. So they pretty much are going to maybe sell out, but they're currently got rid of that deal since Edge got announced and they're doing $10 tickets. No longer the buy one, get one for $10. But either way, we're not going to be there because I'm broke and I want to drive Stockton. Yeah, and it's on a school night. Uh, and then we also have a lot of events coming up as well. We're meeting Mick Foley, the Hall of Famer Mick Foley, this Friday at Barrio Toys on October 6th. And then we have Collectible Stampede on October 8th. Then October 7th, we have WWE Fastlane. So uh, we got a lot of stuff to do. So we'll get these episodes out for the podcast, but we'll also be doing a lot of content. Stay up for pictures and videos and, you know, the usual interviews we do with everybody. Yep. The Trigger Crew is going to be very, very, very busy this coming month. And that's great news because we all love wrestling, right? Except when Wheeler (laughs) Vula is involved. Yes. But other than that, I do love wrestling. Regardless of how much I hate on AEW, I do love wrestling, but I just critique them so much because they had me at the beginning and then they lost me and I want them to be a lot better than what they currently are. And I'm sure Adrian feels the same way about WWE, but that's why we're here. We're triggered wrestling. So stay triggered. Bang, bang.